Hello, everybody. Um, Merry Christmas. And here we are finishing off the series called The Names of Jesus. And we've heard a lot of uh, great um, names of Jesus that have been highlighted. Um, the Light of the World by uh, Kieran, The Bread of Life, Kathy, uh, The Way, The Truth and The Life, Ryan, who will be heading off to get some pizza shortly. Watch out for that. Uh, wonderful counsellor, Murray. And so, you know, you may be concerned for me that, you know, I'm running out. And, um, but alas, uh, I'm not running out. There are plenty of names of Jesus uh, that are still available to be taken. And I'll have to choose one tonight. Um, here's some of the names of Jesus that are in the New Testament. Um, Almighty, Alpha and Omega, Advocate, Author and Perfecter of our Faith, Authority, Beloved Son of God, the Bridegroom, Deliverer, the Door, Faithful and True, Good Shepherd, Great High Priest, Head of the Church, Holy Servant, Judge, King of Kings, Lamb of God, the Life, Lion of the Tribe of Judah, Lord of All, Mediator, the Messiah, One Who Sets Free, Our Hope, Peace, Prophet, the Resurrection, Risen Lord, the Flock, Sacrifice for Our Sins, Saviour, Son of Man, Son of the Most High, Supreme Creator over all, True Vine, the Truth, the Way, the Word, and Victorious One. So that's a great alphabetical list of those, and I'm going to pick one. And um, uh, it was it was a sort of a struggle to find one. And when you try to find a way to describe Jesus, then there's probably no better place to start than in the Book of Isaiah. And I think Murray will have quoted for this. And I'm going to have a look at Isaiah 9, verse 6. Um, because here's Isaiah thousands of years before Jesus um, describing Jesus. For, us, for to us a child is born and to us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom. So, beautiful uh, Isaiah insight into the birth of Jesus. And Isaiah also accurately, you know, was able to give details about the death of Jesus. And we're going to see that uh, if we have a look at, say, Isaiah 53. And these, these are words that are familiar to us. It's just incredible that this could be so well described by Isaiah. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. So we're learning there through Isaiah just how extraordinary Jesus is, how absolutely amazing he is. And so I want to talk about uh, this attribute of Jesus that we find in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And so let's go there, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 12. This is uh, in the context Paul is speaking to uh, the Corinthians and he's talking in this chapter about their giving. And he's encouraging them to give in, in many different ways. And then... He concludes in this way at verse 15. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. So here is Paul speaking of Jesus 
and describing him as the indescribable gift. So Paul, we know, was a Pharisee of Pharisees. Uh, He would have had to have memorised the first five books of the Bible. He would have had to know those word for word uh, to be the sort of Pharisee he was. And yet he could not describe the gift of Jesus. He referred to him as the indescribable gift. So what a wonderful thing. You know, there's many gifts that we have that we can describe. Most gifts we have we can describe. If Ruel was here earlier, I'd ask him to describe his mountain bike, but I didn't catch up with him. But um, Peter, where's Peter? Peter. Peter might describe his guitar for us. So my guitar is a court. It is a Canadian uh, maple wood. It's beautiful. I call it Courtney because it's a court. Um, thank you. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful guitar. I got it for my 16th birthday. I love it. It has dings and scratches because I've taken it all over the world with me. Um, and yeah, no, it's just a beautiful, beautiful piece of wood that makes lovely sound. It's an electric acoustic, meaning that you can plug it in. And yeah, no, it just provides all of those amazing details. Um, that was a, a, a 16th birthday gift. Um, and um, uh, not so many years ago now, but uh, uh, it's one that Peter really remembers and he can describe it fully. And I think most of us are like that. With some of the things that we really treasure, we can describe them fully, uh, be it, you know, a car or... Um, let's have a look at what, on the screen here. This is a little present I got here. That's my son there in the foreground. Uh, there's um, uh, myself in the background there. I'm, I'm a... Um, uh, I reckon I'm 27 there, maybe. I'm a, I'm a young barrister. And um, uh, congratulations to Nicole, by the way, who's just been admitted uh, as a barrister and solicitor in the ACT. Let's put our hands together. Well done, Nicole. Um, so here am I. A, um, uh, I've got a, a brief there opening up, chatting to hopefully a solicitor on the phone and my, my son Daniel in the foreground, uh, who is a great gift. But one of Jenny's strengths is that she is a gift giver and she surprises often surprises me with gifts. And this particular gift she gave me was a windsurfer. And I got it for my 27th birthday. She got the people at the party to all contribute. And then I went out in the front yard and there was this lovely windsurfer there. So, but I can describe that windsurfer in detail. I can describe its, you know, weight, its length, how fast it goes, all of that. So um, uh, thank you for that, Naomi. Um, so it's, it's like that with many of the gifts we have. And to have something that's indescribable uh, is really you know, really amazing. And, and, you know, have we got any gifts that are indescribable? Well, that's kind of, that's, that's hard. Um, I've got, I got one gift that I think is indescribable, and it's probably my wedding ring. Um, and if I, would, if I were to start to describe this wedding ring, I'd get emotional. I got that wedding ring on that day right there. That's my wedding day with the lovely Jenny. And... Um, um, Jenny was 20, I think I was 23, something like that. But this wing ring that I still wear and actually can't get off, but I don't want to get off. Um, it's, uh, if I were to describe this ring and what it meant to me, uh, I would really struggle. It's kind of on the continuum towards indescribable. And um, uh, I think a few of us have things like that in our lives, perhaps uh, our love for uh, family, friends, um, goes in that direction. So um, let's think about uh, describing Jesus as that indescribable gift. Um, you know, if I were to have a go, I would say, well, you know, Jesus is the, um, 
the saviour of my, he's saved us from our sins, uh, he's given me eternal life, uh, he's my friend, he's the king of kings, he's the lord of lords, uh, that's a good one, a lot of people here work in government in one way or another, so he's the king of kings and the lord of lords, so you've got, you know, you've got a friendship with uh, the boss of the bosses, that's, that's pretty good. Um, Jesus himself describes himself in a way that's um, a little indescribable. When Jesus goes to describe himself, um, it's on the indescribable end of the spectrum. Let's have a look at John chapter 4, verse 10, where Jesus speaks of himself uh, to the Samaritan woman in an unusual way. So he's met this lady at the well and he asks her for a drink. And he said that in verse 10, John 4, 10, if you knew the drink of God, excuse me, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. So here's Jesus describing himself as living water. He goes on to say, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So here's Jesus describing himself, but it's pretty indescribable. Uh, Springs of water welling up to eternal life. At least the the Samaritan woman's smart enough to say, well, give me a drink. I'd like a drink of that. Um, But you can see how really amazing this is, how remarkable Jesus is and how right Paul was to describe him as the, the indescribable gift. Um, just staying with John chapter 4 and just going across to uh, consider some of his miracles. And I just have a look at verse 40, around about verse 49, um, Jesus healed uh, an official's son. So there was a royal official who came to Cana. Now Cana was where Jesus, uh, when he was there the first time, uh, he performed an amazing miracle turning water into wine. I mean, how confounding is that? How, um, uh, how indescribable is that uh, to do something uh, that would be a sensation to the taste, to people who were kind of inoculated to the taste? Really remarkable. The second time he's in Cana, a royal official uh, who has come from Capernaum, about 32 kilometres away, um, Read about the distance from Murrum Bateman to here, I'm guessing. But he's come along that dusty road and even though he's a courtly kind of guy, he's, you know, he's, he's got a bit of rank, he's just pleading to Jesus, hey, my son is sick to the point of death. And so none of his, you know, courtly heirs or, you know, would mean a thing in that environment. And Jesus says, go, your son will live. And when this, when this uh, official uh, made his way home, he met the servant who said, your son, uh, you know, just got instantaneously well. And the official says, yeah, well, what time? Seven, the seventh hour, exactly the time that Jesus said that. So here's Jesus doing a miracle by remote, as it were. Like he's saying something in one place, the healing's taking place somewhere else. That is, that is so on the indescribable spectrum. And so, you know, we, we love Jesus because this is just typical of him. This is typical of the way he works, doing these amazing miracles. And so, um, you know, we should, we should um, 
yeah, I think at this time of year particularly, um, be very open to that ourselves because people are open to God. People are open to hearing about God and Jesus at this time of the year. And I think that's why as Christians, we love Christmas because we know that people around us are open. Um, you know, I mentioned before that, um, and just thinking about gift giving, you know, indescribable gift, and obviously it's Christmas time, we're thinking about gifts. And um, I bought a little gift here for Ruel. Here's my, here's my uh, life come leader. Ruel, that's for you later, man, for your tree. I'll keep that. Um, give it to you later. So we're thinking about gift giving, and, you know, how we give gifts does communicate a lot about our love for people. And, um, you know, one of the, the, the ministries that I've been involved in uh, this year uh, has been fortunate enough to be distributing uh, Gospels of Luke. And this little book here, we distributed these. It's an English Standard Version Gospel of Luke, about half a million of them over the last sort of three weeks or so uh, across the country, uh, which has been amazing. And it's just been amazing the sort of favour that they've been met with I think AJ's giving me that smile. He's like, yeah, Dan, I got one in my letterbox. I don't really know what to do with it. Did you? Yeah. Good man, good man. Um, so, um, the, you know, some of the feedback we've had has been remarkable on it. Um, there was an article in the Benalla newspaper from a couple of weeks ago. I'm not sure if... This is by a journalist in Benalla uh, who was Simon Rupert. And he's, he's done this little uh, story about the... Uh, the stall there, the uh, and the lady who's run the stall, and he reports with an absolutely straight face about the uh, situation here, uh, and that um, uh, if you look at the way he quotes there, it's a bit hard to read, but towards the end there, he says, as the stallholders pointed out, Christmas is about the birth of another little baby, rejected by men, but also known as the Lamb of God. Little booklets were freely presented to families as a gift of hope, pointing out the truth of Christmas, and children were encouraged to think of a name for the little lamb. So that's a, that's a secular newspaper, a journalist saying that with a straight face. That is, you know, it's a little bit of a, um, perhaps a temperature check of our nation. Sometimes I think we're very concerned that we're very ungodly uh, and people are very close to Christianity, um, but it's, it's uh, not exactly what we've found. Um, uh, I got a letter, uh, we got a letter from a lady who said that she lives in a country suburb in Sydney called Cohen. She was very surprised the other day when she went to her letterbox to find the gift waiting in the mail. She says, after such a tough year this year with COVID and the depressive lockdowns and mandates, the little pocket Bible of Luke uh, from you uh, guys was really, has really made my week. I can't stop thinking about it, so I'm writing to say thank you. Thank you for reaching out to communities in this way, sharing with them the love of God. Um, and she goes on. It's very, very uh, amazing, and I think people are quite open to God at this time of year, and I think it's something that we can um, uh, really pray and ask God to use us in that way. You know, we think about uh, Christmas and we think about giving, we will all have favourite memories of Christmas. We may have, um, um, you know, a, a diversity of memories, but we will have favourite memories where we remember a particular Christmas day or a particular Christmas morning. I remember, I think it was 1969, I think it was about, I would have been six or seven, 
And I woke up one morning and, you know, we, we knew this particular present was coming and my brother and I, at about the ages of seven and eight, were so excited to see the sun come up and jump out of bed and uh, get the mousetrap game, you know, with the, the uh, stainless steel ball and the, and the slide and the boot. And, um, you know, and this, I, must, I would have been no older than seven, perhaps younger. And these things really stick in your mind. And, you know, it was, it was a gift from mum and dad. That dad was a hard-working builder. Would have, would have been a big deal for him to go to a shop and get like a shop-bought, you know, big box uh, present for us. So it meant a lot. Um, another Christmas uh, gift that comes to mind um, in 19... And I may have told some of you this before, but in 1982, uh, my brother Ron and I had become Christians and, um, uh, it, you know, we were, we were kind of of the... Um, I don't want to say Bible bashers, but we were pretty full on. And I do recall Ron on Christmas Day, Christmas morning, um, going to Dad and he'd opened up his Bible and he said, look, Dad, it says here that when you give a, uh, a feast, don't invite people who can invite you back, but invite people who are so poor they can't repay you, something like that. So he took this to Dad. His Dad was having his, his beer, would have been Ballarat Bertie in those days, and... Um, uh, we had a van at home, so Ron headed off in the van to go and look for some people to bring to lunch. So this was, you know, creates an air of awkwardness. And Anyway, uh, being of an Irish Catholic tradition, Christmas Day lunch starts at one o'clock uh, when the turkey is, is cut into. And so no sign of Ron. You know, Dad's like, look, you know, we're going to get on with it. You know, we've got to get on with the Christmas lunch. Now, a kitchen sort of is like a bench here looks out like through a window there out onto Sturt Street, the main road in Ballarat. And almost as the knife hits the turkey, we look up and we see the van come back with three heads in it. Ron had found two homeless people in Ballarat and brought them in. And, of course, we quickly make up a couple of extra places. And, and, um, and this couple, who were clearly homeless, uh, joined us at the dinner table for Christmas lunch. And I remember the gentleman said at the end of the lunch... He said, and Dad was a counsellor, he said, uh, Councillor Flynn, thank you so much for having us for lunch. And Dad said, that's, that's not a problem. It was the Lord. And so Dad would never speak that way. But somehow he felt like he would say it was the Lord. So uh, amazing how different Christmas gifts can affect us in different ways. And, you know, I suppose it is my encouragement uh, to, um, as we, we think about Christmas, to... Think about giving, no matter, in a sense, what you're going through or um, what you feel you lack or what pain you might be in, but to think about how you can give at Christmas um, and be, um, I suppose, giving in a way that indescribable gift, the love of Jesus. An example from my life, we were, um, and this happens to young couples, sometimes you've, you've got to be at one house for lunch and one for tea. And that, that's a sort of a, a building pressure as you get children. And, and uh, Melbourne was where Jenny, uh, Jenny's family were and then we had to drive to Ballarat. In 1999, we were driving from Melbourne to Ballarat and it was complicated by the fact we had a boat on the roof and it was raining incredibly. And we were looking to pull off and thinking about how we get off a keel or should we just... But we didn't. We stayed on the road and we were driving through this incredible rainstorm. And a car that was, we were going outbound towards Ballarat. A car coming inbound um, uh, left the, the road, 
crossed the grass verge in the middle and then came up like literally in front of us, which we ploughed into. Uh, mercifully, everyone is alive and well. I think the, um, the lady uh, had a broken hip, um, but it was, a, it was a high speed collision. And, you know, the, you know, it was a really, and when the rain and children screaming and um, anyway, we, um, we, in the, we got their children out of the back of the car. They had a couple of children. They got in the back of their car, our car and we all had to go by various ambulances to Sunshine Hospital and other hospitals. And so it was one, you know, it was a drama to say the least. And, you know, the lady um, uh, definitely had a broken hip and was quite injured. And so we headed off to these hospitals and, you know, obviously I'm expected in Ballarat um, and, um, you know, in this sort of Irish Catholic family that, you know, brooks no descent. And so, but I do recall being uh, in the hospital looking through one of those doors with a window of one of my children being x-rayed and ringing Dad and saying, Dad, I'm not going to make it for tea tonight. And, but what did really happen to me at that time was after, when I arrived at the hospital, the, it was as though the Christmas spirit hit me uh, and I was just so relaxed and like, G'day, mate, happy Christmas, great to see you, trust you're doing well. I was just, somehow I was just uh, released from all of the, the burdens of packing up and, and probably just so grateful to, that we all got through that without a broken bone. And, um, um, yeah, so, yeah, it was just an example, I think, of um, if you looked at my life in the natural at that time, a written-off car, all, the, all my children and Jenny in hospital, um, but I was just full of the good cheer of Christmas. I was actually so grateful. Um, so, you know, yeah, I think, think about ways that you can give that are really meaningful because it does, it does mean a lot. You know, Thomas Carlyle, some of you may have heard of, he was a poet uh, in the 1700s. And Thomas Carlyle later in life reflected that once a beggar knocked on his door and um, he was six years old, he answered the door. And the, he, he said he was so taken by the plight of the beggar that he went to his bedroom, he smashed his piggy bank and gave this beggar the money in his piggy bank. And he looked back on that later in life and he said that gave me more pleasure in life than anything that he had ever achieved in life. Isn't that just a fascinating um, reflection? So... Um, I do want to encourage us that Jesus is an indescribable gift, that even Paul couldn't describe him. But in a sense, we, we have the stewardship of his spirit and we have so many people around us who are actually quite open uh, to the love of God and perhaps as a way through our gift giving this year that we can communicate that. So God bless you and um, Peter will be here shortly and I'm going to give this present to Ruel.